0: All right, feels so good to to worship together. Always feels so good. Well, happy fourth, everyone! Happy fourth. I don't know who's who's all got plans, but uh, I know we're planning on doing some eating and some hanging out and having some fun. So I hope you are. As well, uh, we, last night, we had a little bit of a celebration on our summer nights. Last night, we ate hot dogs and baked beans and potato salad, and we got to hang out out back. It was a great time. Next Saturday night, we're doing, uh, we're doing movie a movie and popcorn. Uh, so if you're interested in checking that out, we're, we're going to watch Toy Story 2. We watched Toy Story 1. Uh, at our our anniversary weekend. And so we're just going to keep this thing going because there's like 49 versions, aren't there, of Toy Story? So we got a long haul to go, but uh, it's going to be a good time. So if uh, if you're busy on Sunday, you can come check us out Saturday night and uh, we'll have a little bit of fun doing that. But I do want to say, if it's your first time with us today, I want you to know you have absolutely made our day for being here. Yes, go ahead. You have absolutely made our day for being here. Uh, it is so awesome that you are here. We would love to get to know you and connect with you, get you kind of pulled in and plugged into what we have going on here at the bridge. We've got a lot going on and, and so much more to come, so we would love you to, to know what's going on and get you pulled on in. So if you've got a connect card, uh, then please fill that out because we would, that's how we'll be able to connect with you and get you pulled in. Uh, if you didn't get a connect card, you can get one from our guest services team, or you can just text this number and text the word hello, and you'll get a link where you can just fill it out right there on your phone, and you'll be plugged in. We'll be able to tell you what's going on, but we are so pumped that you are here. It's so awesome that you are are with us today. And for all of you that call Bridge home, uh, we want you to uh, to know that we are so grateful for your ongoing generosity uh, because of your generosity. We are able to help people uh, not only here in the building that are struggling um, financially uh, or going through something tough but also outside where we 're able to help uh, those in need in our community and so we 've got several different ways that you can give. The most common way is to just set it up where it's automated. Everyone do that with their bills. They just set it up. You ain't got to think about it, it's a done deal. And, and so that's kind of the common one, but there's several different ways to give. I just, I thank you guys so much because we wanna do so much more in the community. That's where our heart is. We just wanna help people. Uh, we we get reached out to regularly uh, for from people and families. Uh, that are struggling, single mothers that are are struggling, and, and we want to help, uh, and we've been able to do that. We've been able to pay a car note or or get someone in a hotel room because they don't have a place to stay for them and their their children, and so we've been able to, to help in those ways, and the Bible tells us to do that, doesn't it? It tells us to do that, and because of your generosity, we're able to do that, so thank you so very much. I do want to, um, before we get going, I do want to just call something out. Um so last night uh, it happened, and it happened again this morning, but um I got called Waldo like twenty times, and I'm just gonna call it out because uh it is what it is. This was my attempt to be festive, you know, in the Fourth of July, and I just as soon as that I didn't even walk in the door, and I got called Waldo before I even got in the door, so uh my feelings. I'm in my feelings right now. No, it's, uh, it's whatever. I love you guys still. I, just, I still love you. We're, uh, we're in this series uh, called The Power of Perspective. The Power of Perspective, it's been an awesome series. Uh, if you haven't caught any of it, if you're new to this or you've missed some of them, They're out there on YouTube and on our podcast, all that stuff. You can get to it. It's been really great material, great content. Dustin has challenged me (laughs) in some new, fresh ways that has uh, just kind of rejuvenated something on the inside of me, and so I've really enjoyed it. And last week, I spoke on the story of Joseph, and I I told you we're going to be talking about Joseph again this week. Hopefully, uh, you were able to get in and read the story for yourself uh, because it is just an awesome story about Joseph and his life and what he went through. So last week, we talked about the, the uh, perspective of perseverance, of perseverance, because Joseph went through some stuff, didn't he? I mean, man, I can't even imagine. Uh, he, we talked about how his brothers hated him so much that they threw him in a pit, they were gonna like, just kill him off, and then they ended up selling him They just sold him off because at least they'd get some cash out of the deal. And and that's just how it went. Uh, But after everything that he ended up going through, and that includes getting thrown in to prison, he still was able to persevere and he was able to serve the purpose that God had for him. We talked about that last week, right? He went on to, to lead Egypt. Pharaoh put him in charge. He led Egypt, and we talked about Egypt was like the place at the time, and he was the man in charge. He helped them through this very, very difficult famine where people were starving. It was a seven-year famine that he had to lead them through. But Scripture also told us that the favor of the Lord was with him. He was present, and therefore, the people that he, he ran into also showed favor toward him, and so God's favor was shown toward him, and, and he was able to, to lead everyone through this difficult time, and so that leads us to this week. This week, we are talking about the perspective of forgiveness, of forgiveness, so just prepare the heart, <laughs> prepare the heart, because we want to talk about the perspective of forgiveness. And to do that, I'd like to jump to Genesis chapter 42 starting at verse 1. So Genesis chapter 42. It says that now Jacob, this is Joseph's father, saw that there was grain in Egypt, and Jacob said to his sons, "Why are you staring at one another?" And I <laughs> I think that's just a funny statement to say to your kids. Hey, why are you staring at one another? You know, it's kind of funny. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, why are you staring at one another? You're just sitting around doing nothing. And then he said, look, I've heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us from that place so that we may live and not die. So 10 of Joseph's brothers, the, the 10 that betrayed him and backstabbed him. They went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother, Benjamin. Benjamin was Joseph's younger brother uh, from the same mama. And uh, Joseph didn't even know Benjamin existed. So he's learning out. uh, He's going to learn about this here in a bit. But Jacob says, Do not, I'm not sending Benjamin with uh, his brothers. He said, I am afraid that harm may, may happen to him. And I don't know about you, but here I am, one of the 10 brothers, like, hey, what about me? You're worried about Benjamin and harm coming to him, but hey, you're sending us off. What's up with that? So here, here's that again. So the sons of Israel, that's Jacob, the same man, he came Uh, They came to buy grain among those who were coming because the famine was also in the land of Canaan. And now Joseph was the ruler of the land. We talked about that at length last week. He was the one who sold grain to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. And if you remember last week, we talked about Joseph's dream he shared that dream with his brothers where they were going to bow to him one day and they hated him all the more for it. And here it is. It's, it's happening right here. They bowed to him, faces to the ground. And when Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he disguised himself to them. Before we get into it any deeper here, let's just pray together. Can you guys pray with me? Lord, we love you so much. God, we thank you for uh, bringing us to this place, uh, bringing us here healthy and alive and, and ready to hear your word. God, I pray that you would truly soften our hearts to hear what you have for us today, that you would open our minds to maybe something that that we can pick up out of this, this word. And I pray that you would speak it uh, through me, that your word would just come through so clearly that we would be able to really pick it up and grasp it and hold tight to it, Lord. Have your way here today. Speak, speak like only you can speak. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to us in a way that changes something on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So here we are, just as fate would have it, here is Joseph with his brothers right in front of him. He's not expecting it. <laughs> All of a sudden, the 10 brothers that just sold him off out of nowhere, he's walking through the field, gets thrown into a pit and sold off, and here they are right in front of him. It had to be an awkward feeling, didn't it? It had to be so awkward. Like I was trying to think of some type of scenario that would like apply to us. You know, I thought about like an old ex, like you, you you run into an old ex somewhere and it didn't end so pretty and you you just like, bam, there they are. And it's so awkward. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's so awkward and you run into them or like an old friend that like they were nasty to you and, and it just like you stopped talking. It's like been years. You just stopped talking because they're just nasty to you and, and you... Go to the store. You walk into the store. You're shopping, minding your own business. You look across and you see them across the store, and you like dive behind the clothing rack because you're like, ah, I don't want to. I don't even want to deal with this right now. You know, like you, you. It's awkward. You guys, it, you know what I'm talking about? That awkward feeling. Here is Joseph with his brothers that betrayed him right in front of him, and this has been a. This is about 15 years after they sold him. So. When they sold him off, he was still a pretty young teenage boy, and now here he is a grown man. And they don't even even recognize him. So he has a little bit of fun with them, you know. Well, you guys kinda treated me really wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun with this a little bit. So he uh, he has his, his helpers put the grain in all their sacks, you know, but he also throws some extra stuff in there, some, some stolen items that he can catch them stealing. He, he plays with them in that way a little bit. And, and he, he also holds one of the brothers' ransom. Uh, he holds them ransom because he learns about this younger brother. He wants to meet this younger the brother. So he holds one of the brothers' ransom. He makes them think that he's against them. It, it says that he spoke harshly to them. He was playing with them a little bit initially, and, and then eventually his heart, his, his compassion just overwhelmed him. It overwhelmed him to the point where he, he just breaks down and they end up re, uh, reconciling in this beautiful way. It says that Joseph just cried and wept so loud and so hard that the people of Egypt around could hear him weeping because he just, I mean, if you can imagine that the deepness of what he's gone through and now reconciling that, he, he wept on their neck, it said. I just envision him just like they're bowing and he just like crumbles down with them and, and wraps his arm around their neck and he's just pouring out tears. It was this beautiful reconciliation that takes place. So he reconnects with his brothers. He gets to to meet and connect with his his younger brother. He gets to reconnect with his father, Jacob. And because of the favor that Pharaoh had on, on Joseph, he was able to pick like the best place in Egypt to bring his family. So he picks the best spot where they're nice and close. He can make sure they're fed. They can spend a lot of time together because they know that their dad, Jacob, is not gonna live forever. He's getting up there in age. And so they want to spend as much time and cherish this time together. They just reconnected after so many years. And so sure enough, Father and his sons reconnect and they're hanging out and they're living life to the fullest. They're going to the ball game. The Cardinals were playing back then, it's crazy. Uh, you know, the, the, they went fishing and, you know, just all the, the stuff that they could just to connect and interact. But sure enough, Jacob, he, he ends up passing. He ends up passing away. And you would think after 17 years, where Jacob, they reconnect and and Jacob lives for 17 more years and they spend all this time together, this quality time together. You would think that they would be able to grieve together and pull together and and stay this close-knit family uh, to work through the passing of their dad. But we we see that something different actually kind of pokes its head up we see that the brothers begin to grow concerned. So we're gonna jump to chapter 50, verse 15. And I'll read it for us here. That's chapter 50, verse 15. It says, When Joseph's brothers had seen that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong.'" which we did to him. So they sent instructions to Joseph saying, your father commanded us before he died saying, this is what you shall say to Joseph. Please forgive, I beg you, the offense of your brothers and their sin for they did you wrong. And now please forgive the offense of the servants of the God Of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. This is the first time in the Bible, 50 chapters in, that the word forgive is used. This is the first time, and it's used in the middle of a scheme. It's used in the middle of a scheme. See, his brothers are just lying, aren't they? They're just lying to him. They said, hey, let's come up with something because I'm scared. Now that dad's not around, I don't know about you guys, but I'm scared that he's going to repay us. So they huddle up and they're like coming up with this game plan and you can see him like in the other room, like huddled up, whispering back and forth, hey, we gotta come up with a plan. Like our lives are on the line. We gotta figure out something here just in case. Like if he repays us, we're done. We are done. And so they start coming up with this game plan. Can you see him just kind of huddled up? Like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? We gotta figure something out. And so they're panicking and they say, well, what if what if we said that Jacob Jacob, like, was in this and told him what to do. So, like, uh, what if we told him Jacob commanded him to forgive us? Because we know he respected Jacob. Like, we know that. So maybe, like, we could say before Jacob died, before he died, he, he commanded that they forgive, that Joseph forgives them. That sounds good, right? Like, dad commanded it. Like, they used... Hard language like that. They com- he commanded you to forgive him, and then and then they're like, "Well, what else could we do? Like, let's let's make this as good as we can get it." Uh, what if we said like uh, the, the servants of God, the Father? Let's throw God in there. That sounds that that will really beef it up. Let's throw God in there too. So now we got Jacob and Jacob's commanding them, and, and now God's in there. Like this is good. I think the, let's roll with this, right? And, and that's not even the end of it. They never even really apologized for what they did, right? They, they, they sent instructions as if it were from the mouth of Jacob. And if, if you look at the verse, it said, it says, "Here, uh, "I beg you the offense of your brothers and their sin, for they did you wrong." That's not we." That's not. I did you wrong. That's not, There's no account. There's no ownership that they're taking in this. They never even like own up to it. They never even really apologize. They just say they, and, and they go on to say, "Oh, behold, we are your servants." Well, I mean, they're just acknowledging that he's in authority. Like they don't have. That's a fact. They don't have any option for that. They're just they're just acknowledging his authority. It's like it's like bashing. The president like crazy, just like bashing them and bashing them and bashing them, and then you run into him and be like, I acknowledge that you are the president of the United States. There's no apology in that, right? No apology in that. So let me ask you this question: Can you forgive someone that lies to you, that manipulates you, and then never even apologizes or owns up to it? Tough, right? Can you own that? Because that's exactly what Joseph does here. It's exactly what he does here. He was willing to forgive through it all. And that's a lot. He had a lot to work through there. Are you willing to forgive? Are you willing to forgive your spouse for what they did eight years ago? Are you willing to, to forgive your, your friend or your coworker worker for lying to you, for treating you nasty, trying to get a one-up on you? Are you willing to forgive that? Are, are you willing to forgive your child that lies to you and hurts you? And are, are you willing to get past that? Are you willing to forgive once and for all to really let it go? Let me ask you this question. Who has said the Lord's prayer before? Who has said it? Yeah, a lot of hands, right? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, that's just a funny word. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors have you prayed that before so the word as means in the same way so we could replace as within the same way so let me read that lord forgive me in the same way i have forgiven others that would have been helpful information to have before i prayed that right right Lord forgive me in the same exact way I forgive everyone else it, it, it's like oh let me let me think about this we must be we must be able to forgive others in order to be forgiven Matthew 614 right after the Lord's Prayer it says for if You forgive other people for their offenses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people, then your Father will not forgive your offenses. So we must have a perspective of forgiveness. We must have this perspective of forgiveness. We must be willing to forgive, even through the tough stuff. In chapter fifty. Verse 19, back to Genesis here. This was Joseph's response to his brothers. This was his response to, to their scheme, their lie, their instructions to try to save themselves. It says in verse 19, but Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, to keep many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. He gets thrown into a pit, sold off thrown into prison for doing nothing wrong. And now his brothers are just lying to his face. And Joseph just kind of calls it how it is. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Do you see what an amazing perspective of forgiveness that is? I find this so amazing. Through all the pain, the suffering, the injustice of it all, God's love and his grace and his mercy still shines through all of that junk and it shines through all of your junk too. That's how amazing his grace is. See, I love this, Joseph's perspective here. I love this. This is, this is a powerful statement here. So lean in, listen in. Joseph, trust in God's good purpose so much that he didn't see the need to hang on to the hate of those that were going on around him. That's how much he trusted in God. He trusted in his goodness so much that he was able to move on past all of that mess. That's amazing. You agree? That is amazing. So you you don't have to hold on to it anymore. You don't have to to hold on to, to the things that you're you're holding others holding over others you don't have to hold on to that anymore whatever your brother sister said at Thanksgiving three years ago like you can you can really move past it you can do it I promise just trust God trust him he he knows he knows far beyond what we do isn't it crazy how we still feel like we can control this thing And he already knows what's going on far beyond us. So let it go. Let it go. Just like in the spirit of Elsa, let it go. Just let it go. So here's the thing. If we don't actually do that, if if we don't forgive, what we end up doing is putting ourselves in the place of God. We try to put ourselves in the place of God. Did you hear what Joseph said? He said, am am I in the place of God? I'm not not the judge. I'm not trying to put myself in the judgment seat. Am I in the place of God? And in fact, what we try to do, we try to put ourselves in the the judgment seat or we try to get vengeance and, and justice ourselves. There's times where we try to, we get justice or vengeance ourselves, but scripture's flat out tells us, it commands us not to take vengeance. In Leviticus 19, verse 18, it says, you shall not take vengeance nor hold any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Because vengeance means to bring justice to an unjust situation. It means bringing justice to an unjust situation. And, and we can't do that. We can't do that because there's only one who is just. There's only one who is just. And so we've been justified, but there's one who is just. He's the one in the judgment So He will take care of all things. He's in control, but we must be willing to forgive others. We must be willing. But also, here's another thing. We must be willing to receive forgiveness. We must be willing to receive it. Scripture says, freely you have received, freely you give. So if you're having a problem forgiving, you have a problem receiving forgiveness. Here we are, 17 years That Joseph's brothers have been spending time with him and connecting and having this great quality time, and they still are holding on to all the shame and the guilt from what they did to him. 17 long years later, they're still holding on to that guilt and shame. It said Joseph wept. Because of it, because he had so much love and compassion for his brothers, and he realized that they're still holding on to this stuff. He, was, he thought we were past this. I, I thought, hey, guys, brothers, I thought we were past this. But clearly, they were still holding on to this shame and this guilt that they were working through themselves. I don't know about you, but I have some of that <laughs> that I deal with myself. You know, like I, when I've treated someone wrong, man, it's hard to get past that, isn't it? Like where you know, ugh, I did not, I did not handle that well. I probably definitely hurt them. You know, uh, I I struggle with that. I was literally last night setting things up, and I had a random situation pop into my head about. Uh, something i had done to someone and and it was just it kind of stirred in my head for a little bit anyone else deal with that i certainly have it when it comes to sinning against god when when i when i when i fall short and i i know i just i it's not pleasing what i did was not pleasing to him and then that just like it stirs in my head it just kind of keeps repeating and keeps driving inside of my head and i struggle sometimes guys to to let that go. I don't know about you guys, but it's hard to just really let go and trust that he can forgive me or or someone else can forgive me of what I've done. If you still have it running through your head, you haven't really received forgiveness, have you? I encourage you to do it because God doesn't have that sin running through his head anymore. He doesn't have that sin running through his head anymore. So if if he doesn't, what what are we doing to ourselves? I um I had a kind of crazy thing this happened this week. I it's definitely a God thing. I think it's really cool. I hope you guys think so too. But um I get made fun of all the time because I talk about podcasts all the time. Um and I'm gonna tell you about a podcast. I had a a friend of mine who visited from Charlotte about four months ago. And uh, I picked him up from the airport and we were catching up talking and we got talking about podcasts. And so he told me about this podcast that he'd really been enjoying. But he said, Devin, like, you've got to, you, you got to really listen. Like, it's deep stuff. You got you to have the mental capacity to lock in on this thing. So, I'm pretty sure before I even made it to the house from the airport, I would like downloaded the first three episodes. And um, and so I had them on my phone four months ago. And so every time I have an opportunity to listen to a podcast, and I don't know about you guys, but like every time I drive in the car, every time I go for a jog, while I'm working sometimes, uh, you know, it's just like almost time I can, I'm listening to something. And so... I've had countless opportunities to listen to this podcast. And and every time this opportunity comes up, I see it downloaded right there, and I choose. I think to myself, man, I'm just, I'm not there. He told me I got to be there mentally for this thing. I'm not there. I'm going to listen to something else. That's been four months of it, okay? This Tuesday, I, I go for, I'm about to go for a jog, and I look at my phone, and I'm like, all right. I've pushed this thing off long enough. Let's do it. Let's see what this thing's about. So I get to jogging, and I'm like a tenth of a mile in, and I realize that this whole podcast is really about forgiveness. And he literally mentions the story of Joseph in it. So I'm like, all right, God, I hear you. I'm going to lock into what's going on right now. And so it was about the neuroscience in how our, our brain really works when it comes to this stuff. So I found it fascinating. I'm going to share some of these things quickly with you. It, in, in this podcast, I learned that neuroscience has proven that the things that influence the brain more than anything else, more than... More than drugs, more than uh, fun, more than anything that you can think of. Food, donuts, uh, anything, right? I got donuts in there. Someone told me I didn't get donuts in last night, so check. Um, More than anything else, relationships influence the brain. Relationships influence the brain. And your earliest life experiences have much more significance in the influence to the brain than your later life experiences do. So quick side note, parents, grab hold of that. Our little ones are, are influenced most right now through our relationships. So grab hold of that. So that is, that is how our brain works is that it's influenced by these relationships this is how our, our neurons and our brain connect with one another, It's through relationships. We tie these, we tie or we don't tie these neurons together uh, with our experience through relationships and the emotions that go along with it, and, and that's how it kind of influences our brain. And it's it shared that people that are, are most self-reflective are more empathetic. So the people that kind of self-reflect and start to kind of work on what they got going on in the inside then allows them to be more empathetic to those around them. But so many people don't like to do that. So many people don't like to reflect on the the hurt, the ugly, the stuff that we kind of push off. It's, it's It's easier to just pray to God about some things that are just like, you don't even want to hit square on. You guys know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's like, Lord, help me with this anxiety. Like, but I don't want to have to deal with it myself. Like, can you just, can you just heal it? Can you just do it? Yeah, I see some duck in their head. Yeah. Like, it's easier to do that sometimes, isn't it? than to like, actually deal with it ourselves, because it hurts too much. Dealing with, self-image issues or how they were brought up and some of the pain that they dealt with in that. It's, it's hard to address some of those things because they're so deep now and they hurt so much that you don't even want to go there. And you might, you might be thinking like, why even go there? Well, Joseph showed us an example of how you just kind of address it. You just, you address it. When he responded to his brothers, didn't he say, hey, what you did, you meant for evil. He wasn't casting blame, but he was just calling it out for what it was. It was just the fact. What you meant was for evil, but God turned it for good. This is how it was supposed to work. He wasn't casting blame on them. He was just being honest about the situation. Sometimes calling it out is 70% of the battle. Just calling it out, just like Joseph did. And, And you might be thinking, but... You know, I've heard, why, why even dwell on the past? Like, aren't, isn't that past us? Like, do I even have to dwell on that? Well, this, this uh, neuroscience um, podcast, it, it, it touched on that. It talked about William Faulkner had a statement that said, the past isn't dead. It's not even the past. It's not even the past. And, and they proved through the brain and how it works, that is exactly true. That is a true statement, because what we do and what our brains do is when we experience the present, we immediately, in milliseconds, run it through all of our past experiences, like in a millisecond. So they said that no one even really experiences the present for its reality, like what it truly is, because each one of us are running it through our past experiences, isn't that crazy? Isn't that a weird thought that yeah, and that's why we have like so many interpretations or understandings of different things that happen because we're running them through our past experiences. That's how our brain works. That's how God created it. It's called priming. We we prime our brains to think a certain way based on those experiences. He he created us and designed us that way so that we could survive, so that that we would not keep putting our hand on the stove, you know, like we, we would remember, we would learn. But what happens is if we don't address those things, then then we never actually heal. So we run through these past experiences, but if we never truly address what happened with our emotions that come with it, we never heal it says that brain health is a function of the degree to which all parts of your brain are connected with one another. That is the sign of brain health, is that those neurons are connected with one another. Scientifically speaking, that is good brain health. So what that means is that you have to take those experiences. You have to address them. You have to work with them. You have to work through those things and tie them to those emotions as well and get those things connected because that's where healing, that's where health comes into picture. Then we can truly experience the present because we've worked through that past. Makes sense? Everyone still with me? Dropping a lot of science on you like that, you know? Um, I can tell you that that Joseph... Joseph did this. This is why I believe Joseph worked through this, because if you remember his initial reaction, he spoke harshly to them. That was the initial reaction, wasn't it? There at the end, what I I last read to you, he spoke kindly to them. He had had dealt with some stuff. In between time, he had worked through some things. He, He hit them square on, and he worked through them. Maybe, uh, Maybe some of you do this. I, I don't know. you. Maybe this will, will hit you. Um, some of you feel like you're, you're paying for your sin. You're uh, trying to earn forgiveness for your sin. So let me give you an example. I don't know if any of you do this or not, but if you know you didn't spend time with the Lord in the morning or... You, you messed up. You, you fell short and you're on your way to work and you get a flat tire. You get out and you think, oh, Lord, I deserve this. I know I didn't spend time with you. That's my bad. I deserve this. It starts raining. And you're like, yep, nice touch. I deserve that, Lord. I deserve it. I, I deserve that very much. My bad. Now we're even. Anyone do that? like something bad happens and you're like, yep, I deserve that. Now, now, Lord, now I've earned that forgiveness. Just like his brother's trying to earn some forgiveness here. The thing with that is God is never trying to get even with us. He's never trying to, to get even with us. He he already got even with Jesus. It's, it's already been done. You've already been forgiven. So, so don't, don't do that to yourself because then what happens is you end up doing it to others, right? You start looking for others to try to earn their your forgiveness because we talked about how it kind of works hand in hand and we'll try to do that to others. But there's nothing There's nothing that you can do, no matter how bad, there's nothing that you can do that is greater than God's grace and his love. The worship team can make their way on up. There's nothing that you can do that is greater than his love and his grace. Nothing. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more than he does right now. There's nothing that you can do. I hope that frees someone. There's nothing that you can do that will make him love you any more than he does right now. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Let's go there. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us. Our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. You know, one of the things that in that podcast it shared was one of the best ways to heal, one of the best ways to address those disconnected neurons is to confess and to talk to someone that will listen and help you reflect on those experiences, and tie them to your emotions. When we can confess, there's healing. You know, I can tell you this works from my own experience because I, I, I always struggled with this, this sin of mine that I buried real deep. I didn't want anyone to know. I tried to mask it, you know. And it just kept, like, beating me up over and over and, like, to the point where I just, I I felt like I was stuck. And the Lord, um, he started speaking to me. And uh, he helped call this out for me, Devin. You, you gotta confess, man. You gotta confess. He told me like three different ways because I was pushing it off, y'all. I didn't want to admit this to anyone. And finally, I couldn't. I couldn't fight it anymore. I one night, I uh, I got home. I remember it so vividly. I sat on the bed with Tara and I I just kind of put it all out there. And it was hard. It sucked. It was hard. And it, it hurt. It hurt me. It hurt her. But she So she showed me so much grace, and so much love, and, and it led to true healing. <laughs> Where I had never felt so free. I'd been carrying this for years, for years where I felt like I was just like in bondage down deep. You guys, you know what I'm talking about? Like down deep or the stuff that you don't want anyone to know what you're thinking and feeling and working through. And for the first time and in, in since I could remember, I actually felt the grace of God. I felt it just kind of, warm pour over me where I had this freedom that I had I, I don't know that I had ever really felt and experienced and it. it was it was so beautiful it took a really hard step but man I'll tell you it broke me free Romans 520 says but where sin increases grace abounded all the more serve a God that is truly so loving. His grace is so good, we can't even like fathom, we can't even understand. It doesn't make sense to us. That's how much He loves us. So if you haven't had an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus Christ, you haven't really, like, let it go and really trust in him that he died on that cross for your sins, I would love for you to just take this opportunity to do exactly that. To say, I I'm truly truthfully. that you you took on that ultimate sacrifice. You died for my sin and you rose again with your resurrecting power that now lives with us. I believe. (laughs) Free yourself. Let, Let that go. Once and for all. Maybe you've been holding on to something yourself for far too long.